you are listening to TKO on CFI Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What's good? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that's around the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game and where they are now. So, hey, everybody, what's happening? So another week. Here we are. Brand new TKO. Here we are. So I hope you're all doing well. I mean, um, I know all university students out there, especially in Ontario and specifically University of Guelph, all U of G students are now back to school. Yay. And (laughs) um, the classes have officially started as of yesterday. And, um, you know, we're just hanging in there, even though today is the second day of the semester of the winter semester. But we're all trying to hang in there. And um, yeah, man, all I can say is that, you know, you'll you'll definitely I feel like we will all get back on the grind and this doesn't just apply to you as a student. This will apply to pretty much everybody. I know, um, you know, we, we've all had the, the holidays behind us. And I know if you're going back to work, going back to school, it might be tough a little bit to get back on that grind and get back to your daily routines and whatnot. But trust me, you will get back on that grind and you will hustle hard. So yeah, just uh, some word of wisdom from your girl. What else, man? So yeah, so today we have so many exciting things coming up. So obviously we're going to be breaking down a few fights here and there so we have a boxing card a showtime boxing card coming up um this friday actually we're going to be talking about the headliner of that card a little bit uh you know not too much in detail because i feel like we're going to run out of time as always but yeah i also want to talk about the the ufc fight night card that is coming up on saturday and it's actually going to be headlined by a fight between jeremy stevens and duho Choi. and that fight obviously going to be exciting because duho Choi, he's actually um had the fight of the year um in 2016 so just from that you can definitely imagine how exciting this fight is going to be against the the notorious Jeremy Stevens and we're going to be talking about that more in detail coming up in the show and we're going to be talking about a few other fights uh, happening on that card as well so make sure you stay tuned what else oh man yeah so yeah I actually okay if you tune in last week you probably know that I promised you guys to talk you know, just um, dedicate some more time to talking about um, the philosophies, you could say, or, or you know, thing, you know, um, not not so much the stats and the commentating and analyzing. You know, all of those things are great, and we we actually attend to those things pretty much all the time here on TKO. But I, I just really want to focus on, you know, in addition to those things, I really want to focus on the philosophies and the mindsets that that go into martial arts and it, not just mixed martial arts, but pretty much all martial arts. So I kind of want to get into that today. I know uh, I told you guys about the fact that I'm reading Bruce Lee's book, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, and how that inspired me to, you know, kind of come up with this whole section for the show. But 
you know, uh, sometimes I'll talk about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is my main man, is the real OG here. Um, rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, so that that kind of inspired me to talk about the philosophies behind uh, martial arts and combat sports. So today I'm going to be talking talking a little bit about that as well. What else, man? So, oh, um, actually, next week, this is just a reminder for you guys to also tune in next week. Same time, same day. Uh, we're going to be thoroughly breaking down the fights that are going to be happening on the UFC 220 card, okay? So make sure you tune in for, for that breakdown and for all of that analysis, all that detailed and thorough analysis because that fight or that entire fight card is actually going to be pretty important. It's the first um, pay-per-view card of the new year of 2018 and it's actually headlined by a um, heavyweight bout for the heavyweight championship, actually, between the current UFC heavyweight champion, Stephen Majocic, um, and he's going to be defending his belt against the the most dangerous man you could say in MMA right now, you know, in all across all organizations. And yes, I'm talking about Francis and Ganu. So that fight's going to be Obviously, I mean, when I talk about that fight, guys, I get goosebumps all over my body. And I know if you're a genuine, <laughs> genuine MMA fan out there as well, you're probably getting goosebumps or something, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just to let you know, I'm super pumped up and super, super hyped for that fight, that entire fight card. So I'm just super excited to be breaking down that fight card for you guys next week. So make sure that you tune in next week. Okay, that's all the plugs that I want to make. So what are we waiting for? Without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so I told you guys that I want to talk about some of the philosophies behind uh, martial arts in general and combat sports. And I might get a little bit of specific actually this time because, you know, you guys already know that my area of specialty is in MMA and mixed martial arts. So, yeah. As, as I told you guys before in a previous episode, so I actually started reading Bruce Lee's um, uh, book. It's not like an autobiography or anything, but it's pretty much all the things that Bruce Lee believed in. And it's called the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. But, you know, mostly it talks about uh, his own style. It mostly talks about the style of martial art that Bruce Lee came up with. And it's called, um, obviously, it's called Jeet Kune Do. But... You know, I, I actually read over it and um, I, I feel like I've talked about it here on TKO before. But it's, so pretty much how the book works is that it has different sections. So uh, there's a section called Empty Your Mind. And that section pretty much talks about all the all the philosophies and, um, you know, th uh, all the literature you could say that uh, that goes into um, any sort of combat sport. And, um, you know, just by reading that section, I feel like. I, w I was just really inspired and it made me think about how those philosophies would actually apply to um, other uh, martial arts or some other modern forms of martial arts, which today, as you guys already know, um, it just um, all comes down to mixed martial arts, MMA. So it kind of made me think, okay, man, so we talk about all the all the physicalities and all the performances and um, you know how the fighters fight and we tend to analyze how they fight we analyze their game plan things like that and we also try to give predictions and things you know things like that and whatnot 
But, you know, I just started thinking about what is the art of martial arts? And especially in, ca in the case of MMA, what is the art of mixed martial arts? And actually, I just, I mean, okay, if you're a genuine MMA fan, you probably know um, how, how, um, how beautiful you could say and sophisticated martial arts is or mixed martial arts is but if you're just a casual fan and just watch the game or, or watch a fight um every now and then and just um see see one guy gets so bloodied up and uh, just gets cut uh, just gets cut brutally and um you probably see a lot of violence it's because you don't actually see uh see the the detailed things that go into that fight that make it artistic in a way and so what i want to talk about today is how how can we actually consider um martial arts or mixed martial arts uh, as an art and actually when you think about it it is an art because it's just so sophisticated and it's not like you just go in there go in the canvas or go in the cage and you just um in that um in that area and you're just um throwing throwing random punches or uh, going for random takedowns whenever you like or it's, it's not how it works actually uh, it's a lot more complex than that and um, you have to come up with uh, um, specific game plans so how it actually have to work is you can't just go out there just guns blazing and um, pretty much expend all of your energy in the first few minutes. And after that, what are you going to do after that? Well, you can't really do anything if you just um, pursue that that strategy. It's not effective and therefore it's not really artistic. So the art of mixed martial arts, it actually comes in when you when you have already acquired all the necessary skills. So all the punching and the kicking and um, the grappling skills that you need to have, all the jiu-jitsu skills and submission skills that you need to have. When you have already acquired all of your skills, um, say in your training camp through all of those, um, you know, those many years of experiences that you've had, okay? You get your skills from those things. And, and um, you actually have to master your skills. After you have done all of those things, then you have all the tools, tools that you need to have as a mixed martial artist to just come into a fight and just pr pretty much display your art. I mean, okay, when you actually think about it, the canvas of the MMA cage, so the bottom of the cage is called the canvas. The canvas of the MMA cage is actually no different than the canvas that you use for painting a, a piece, an artistic piece. And it's because, just like I told you guys, when you have all the tools that you need, so just um, just pretend that the the punching skill that you have is a um, is a certain uh, brush that you use for painting, and your grappling is like uh, another type of brush that you have. So you have all the necessary tools that you need to have to display your art to perform well, but not to just perform in a, in a in a crappy way you could say okay so uh, the thing is okay here's how i would actually compare it so if you give a three-year-old kid who hasn't had any experience with um, art and say painting in this case and you give them a, a brush and a and some paint and just give them a piece a piece of canvas or just a piece of paper blank paper they will just um uh, just um, draw some random things and it would actually make sense. You would, If you actually look at it, you wouldn't consider it beautiful because 
it's just um, a bunch of random things. However, if you train yourself, say you're like 20 years old and you've been painting, you've been uh, uh, taking classes in paintings and you actually know how to, um, you know, uh, do pr draw perspective or, I, okay, I'm not an artist actually, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying though. You, you actually acquired all those necessary skills uh, to actually draw a beautiful uh, painting or just um, do any, any piece of um, um, art then in that case, after you actually paint something or make something artistic, then you can actually look at it and say, wow, this is, uh, this is um, art. This is real art because I can actually look at it. I can admire it. And I actually understand what the message behind it is. And it makes a lot of sense. Okay. And it's no different in MMA or just martial arts because you have the tools, just like I said. It's up to you how you want to display it in front of the fans and in front of the judges and in front of your opponent. And yeah, if you just come out there, just guns blazing, you don't even know what you're doing, then obviously people are going to consider that sloppy. They would consider it a sloppy performance and they wouldn't really admire who you are as, a, as an athlete or as a fighter. However, if you beautifully... Um, display what you have, you know, the things that you have as your resources. So I'm talking about the skills that you have and, and when you display how much experience you have um, in a certain area of, um, uh, say, like wrestling or something, then that is when um, the people and the fans and the fighters and everybody who's watching that fight would actually realize, wow, this is real art because you didn't just randomly do that that movement. You actually thought about it. You planned it out. You were patient with it. And you know how to throw it and when to actually time your movement and when is the best time to actually um, uh, elicit that movement. For instance, um, uh, you know, uh, you have a five-round fight, but you decide to to be very efficient with your with your punches and your striking so you're not just con uh, constantly striking you're picking and choosing when to throw a punch and um, how strong you want to actually throw it now that is where the art comes in because you know you're you're in control of your tools and you are smartly wisely picking and choosing how to display them and that, my friends, is how um, you could consider martial arts and in this specific case, mixed martial arts, you can consider those things as arts because they're just so sophisticated and they're just so beautiful. It's like a true exhibition of art. So, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say about that. I mean, I don't know if I got too philosophical or um, artistic. I don't know. But it's just these are some of the things that actually occurred to me when I was reading Bruce Lee's book. So, again, shout out to Bruce Lee. Rest in peace. Um, again, I told you guys before, if you don't have his book already, Tao of Jeet Kune Do, and you're a martial arts fan, I would definitely recommend that you actually get this book and physical copy because it's like the Bible of martial arts, in my opinion. So definitely go out and get it and just give it a read, okay? 
So yeah, man, there's that. Uh, what else? Yeah. So actually, now that we talked about the art of mixed martial arts and just martial arts, um, I think it would be proper to kind of take a quick break from that and um, just talk about some fights. Just you know, analyze some fights. You know, you know that's just how we do it in TKO. Yeah, man. So um, I, did I say it in the preview? So I might have mentioned that uh, there's a boxing fight coming up this Friday. And actually, it's going to be headlined uh, by Clarissa, Clarissa, excuse me, Clarissa Shields. Now, you guys might already know Clarissa Shields because she has two gold um, Olympic medals from two consecutive Olympics. And she's the first woman actually to do that. And just the first American to ever do that for, for America, for America's boxing. So shout out to her. She She's doing phenomenal things in the field of boxing. So that was just her amateur career. And now as of, I think last year it was, she actually turned uh, professional and um, she's had a few fights here and there. But uh, as of now, she's actually undefeated um, in boxing. She, in her last fight, she, um, she got the super middleweight um, belt for herself in boxing and yeah she's just super strong and uh, you know actually she her style actually reminds me of uh, Lila Ali's um, style so Muhammad Ali's daughter who was actually in boxing herself and she retired as a champion as an undefeated champion so her style uh, Clarissa Shield's style actually reminds me a lot of um, Lila Ali's um, style in, in, in which she She's actually uh, so powerful. She doesn't really um, tend to throw um, a lot of um, volume, but when she does throw punches, they're so effective. Even though she does throw combos, let me just put it out there. She does throw combos, but uh, she doesn't throw, um, you know, unuseful things. She actually, everything that she throws out there they're actually super super useful and they're almost 90 percent connected by uh by the chin of her opponent so that's just how good clarissa shields is and actually a fun fact for you guys so clarissa shields because of how successful and powerful and talented of a boxer she is she actually um sparred with chris cyborg so our own uh, our very own chris cyborg the current uh, women's featherweight champion at the UFC. Um, you guys already know how um, huge of a fan I am of Cyborgs. And so, yeah, Cyborg used to spar uh, with Clarissa Shields and they're uh, really close with each other. And um, yeah, it, it, two strong women just um, uh, practicing with, with each other. That just makes perfect, perfect athletes. So, yeah. And what else? Oh, also, uh, I just want to put this out there. So there's been rumors that Clarissa Shields might actually move to MMA, um, given that there are um, weight divisions created for her for her actual weight. So she usually weighs in at 168 pounds. So anything around that that range could potentially work for Clarissa Shields to uh, initially get into MMA, but. I mean, that will probably take a lot of time because she needs to, you know, obviously work on her wrestling and jujitsu and a lot of things. But do not worry, because I feel like Chris Cyborg is there to help her uh, prepare for her MMA fights. But nothing is certain yet. But, you know, there's just been rumors and talks about that in regards to Clarissa Shields. So make sure that you watch uh, Clarissa Shields fight 
um, her boxing fights on Friday nights. And yeah, man, there's that. So there's the boxing news that I wanted to talk about. And now moving on to UFC Fight Night card um, on Saturday. So as I said, this fight or this fight card uh, is actually going to be headlined by a fight between Jeremy Stevens, a top featherweight contender in the UFC. Okay, and he's going to be fighting Duho Choi, who fought last year or... Actually, it would be considered two years ago now. I just feel like we're stuck in 2017. I don't even know why. But anyway, so um, Duho Choi fought Cop Swanson in, Tor- in Toronto, actually, at UFC 206, I think it was. And when they were fighting, the fight was just so darn brutal and um, vi- violent in a good way. And so close that it was actually awarded the fight of the year for 2016. And that's just how, you know, that just shows how tough um, Duho Choi is as a fighter. And, he, he, okay, when you actually look at him, he's so confident and he's just constantly smiling. And he has the nice boy look on him, you know. And, um, you know, he, he's not like the Conor McGregor, uh, um, you know, you know how Conor, Conor McGregor is and how some other people try to imitate him by trying to be intimidating to their opponents and whatnot. He's he's not like that at all. Duho Choi is the person that would actually smile and grin <laughs> at his opponent's face. And, um, yeah, that's just how he is. But that doesn't take anything away from how dangerous and resilient as a f- of a fighter uh, that he is, okay? So this fight is going to be phenomenal. Um, should I just straight talk about this fight and then move on to some of the other fights that are going to be happening? Yeah, maybe that's that's a good idea. Okay, so um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the main event and then the co-main event and some other fights that are going to be followed by that. Yeah, that's just a weird way that we're trying to do it this time. Okay, so just like I said, Duho Choi is super, super resilient and super tough. He has high endurance and, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go the full distance with him. I'm trying to win this and win this fight against Yuho Choi through decision. No, that is a wrong uh, idea. That's the worst thing to have. That's the worst game plan that you possibly have against Yuho Choi. If you want to win against Yuho Choi, if I were Jeremy Stevens, I would I would think about a way uh, to to finish Duho Choi, but again, that's super tough because just by looking at the fight that Duho Choi had, the fight of the year that he had against Cup Swanson, there were many many occasions that Cup Swanson threw horrendous and horrific punches uh, towards Duho Choi's um, chin, and Duho Choi took those punches. And he, he he didn't even look wobbled even even a little bit. So that just shows how uh, how much of a tough chin Duho Choi has. So you know things get pretty pretty tough for um, Jeremy Stevens in this case. I just really hope. Okay, so Jeremy Stevens is a really really good um, athlete as well. He's actually defeated some of the uh, some of the veterans of the sport actually, and he's he's uh, up there and he's one of the top contenders in the featherweight division at the UFC but the thing is um there's been times that he's slipped too he's had his ups and downs too but overall as a fighter he has great knockout power and um he's just super fast so I feel like his speed will potentially come into uh, come into his um use hopefully he utilizes his speed because that's a great asset that not a lot of people actually have 
what else? But the thing is, just like I said, Duho Choi is a really tough opponent. And I I would say, because I said Duho Choi has a tough chin, I would say one way, uh, or you could, not just the only way, but the main way that I can possibly think of right now that Jeremy Stevens can actually pursue to defeat Duho Choi could potentially be to take him to the ground, to take Duho Choi to the ground and try to submit him um, that way, okay? Because um, there's been times that Duho Choi has had difficulties while being on the ground, but he has to act fast. Jeremy Stevens has to act super fast so that um, um, in the meanwhile, he doesn't get counterpunched by Duho Choi. And, um, you know, uh, you know, before you actually know it, some, I mean, when you're actually in the octagon, you don't, you don't realize how fast time flies. So he actually needs to act super fast. Jeremy Stevens is to just jump on there and to actually go for takedowns and try to go for that submission if possible. That's the only way that I see um, this fight ending in favor of Jeremy Stevens and for Duho Choi. He just needs to, you know, bear bear out this entire fight and just hang in there. Um, try to get away. Uh, try to get away from Jeremy Stevens if he can, because of the fact that I said Jeremy Stevens is super fast. And sometimes you get connected with punches that you don't even know where they come from and how they they were created because of how fast they were coming towards you. You can't really really see them, okay? So I would say Duho Choi needs to um, keep away from um, Jeremy Stevens, so not close the distance with uh, not close the distance with them, not close the range with them, but try to because he's actually super tall. He has really long arms. He needs to just um, utilize that range and um, establish his own range in this fight and just throw uh, dis uh, punches from a distance and kicks from the distance. And I feel like in that way, um, Duho Choi is going to tire out Jeremy Stevens and potentially win this fight. So I don't know about you, but just by talking about this fight, I'm super pumped for this fight on Saturday night. And what else, man? I think we have some time to talk about the co-main event of the evening as well. So that was the main event of the evening in St. Louis, Missouri, Saturday night, UFC Fight Night. And the co-main event of the evening is actually a fight between Vitor Belfort and Uriah Hall. Now, guys, you might actually know uh, Vitor Belfort because we've talked about him so much on the show, and he's actually a veteran of the sport. He's been fighting, I think, ever since he was 19 years old. Or something like that. Uh, that's just how much experience um, Vitor Belfort has in the game. However, um, as of his um, recent fights, there's actually been rumors that he was going to retire uh, from from MMA and whatnot because uh, he was actually being brutally finished in his recent fights. But no, he's actually back. And not that I'm not happy, but it's like you actually have a, 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 a sense, a, a, a previous sense about about Vitor Belfort and a previous thought of him as as a former champion and, and as a legend, pretty much. So to just see him being 
you know, this old and his body has definitely declined physically. Just coming in the octagon and just getting brutally finished by opponents, it's just a little bit tough. So I feel like the retirement thing, he, it actually needs to be seriously considered by Vitor Belfort, but that does not take anything away of ha from how um, legendary of a fighter Vitor Belfort is. He's fighting the dangerous, dangerous Uriah Hall. And this fight's going to be phenomenal because you never actually really know. Uh, maybe Vitor Belfort, because he's been training for quite a while now, he hasn't fought in about a year. So even though the ring rust might actually kick in for Vitor Belfort, um, because of the fact that he's been training all along, all of this time, while he was taking some time off, you know, you, you never really know. Maybe he will just come back and, you know, finish Uriah Hall because, um, you know, that's why uh, we consider Vitor, Vitor Belfort a legend because of um, the unexpected things that he does in the game. And, you know, you're just so proud of him as a fighter. And Uriah Hall is a dangerous, dangerous striker. He's one of those guys that um, doesn't really move around a lot. But when he does throw a punch, there's a really high chance that you're going to get knocked down or knocked out. So that's how dangerous of a striker Uriah is. Uriah, okay, I don't know why I have so much difficulty pronouncing his name, but Uriah Hall is a phenomenal striker. Yeah, that's just all I want to say. I can't really give a prediction about who uh, who's going to win this fight, but I think I already pointed out the sort of things that each fighter needs to watch out for. And with that, unfortunately, my friends, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. And uh, make sure you go to CFRE.ca to catch up with TKO. And what else? Until next time, it's your girl Jenon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.